Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Periodic Table, episode 36. We stew the full poo brew. I'll have a grande half-calf skinny caramel macchiato with an extra shot of poo, please. Recorded October 18th, 2012, and brought to you by Element Opie Productions. ElementOpie.com. Welcome back to episode 36 of the Periodic Table. Point of is- order. That we we haven't been on episode thirty six yet, so we can't come back to it. And that means that the thirty uh, sixth element, or the element on the periodic table with the uh, the atomic number of thirty six, is Krypton, which of course is the birthplace of Superman. Um, Technically, Kal El. It's also uh, uh, very bright <laughs> and green orange uh, when burned in a mass spectrometer. It's a gas, and this is weird. Um, in 1960, it was defined that one meter would be 1,650,763.73 wavelengths in a vacuum of the orange-red line of Krypton-33. Because that made perfect sense to me. <laughs> Under normal circumstances, it's colorless and odorless, um, but it can be frozen into a solid, a crystalline, ice-like structure. So there we go. That's all you have to say. All I have to say about Krypton, and with me this week, as always, are the Interrupter-in-Chief, Mr. Aaron <laughs> Butler. Hi, Aaron. Held to the Chief. He's your buddy and your neighbor. <laughs> and our own personal Ed McMahon, Mr. Sean Kybel. Hi, Sean. <laughs> I'm, I'm wonderful tonight, Johnny. <laughs> and I think I've got my movie phone voice back again tonight, Mark. I don't know why, but... <clears throat> So um, my voice will be getting lower as the night goes on. Mr. Movie Phone. Welcome to Movie. I think that's like actually have to pay a royalty if I said that. (laughs) So what's going on in your lives this week, gentlemen? Anything of note? I'm not going to Cirque Cirque du Soleil. Me neither. It's too expensive, and I'm too cheap. I'm going to go to Cirque du Soleil. It's my anniversary. My, my wife's birthday and anniversary are four days apart, three days apart, four days if you count the day of each of them. Depends on how you do the math. Um, in November. So for her birthday, I got her uh, and a friend of ours. She's flying in from Texas to spend a week with us. Tickets to see the Cowboys beat the Falcons in the Georgia Dome. So from your lips fun. to the NFL commissioner's ears. That's right. To Jerry Jones's ears, Jerry, stay out of it. I'm telling you, you're killing him. Uh, and then, but also, uh, Mark and I actually took a road trip today for work, and and uh, there's a new Cirque du Soleil in town starting up. I think the 26th is their first um, show. They they bring a giant tent tent up and set it down there next to what's called Atlantic Station. It's kind of an area of revitalized area of downtown Atlanta. And I saw Cirque du Soleil O which is a play on words, by the way, the letter O, but it's play on the French word, uh, as in eau de toilette, which is water in French. That entire show is done on water. It's incredible. If you're ever in Vegas, go to the Bellagio for two reasons. One, eat the buffet before 6 o'clock. It's only 25 bucks, and it's the most food and the best food you'll ever have. Two, stay around, continue to gloat, and, and, and fill yourself up on the buffet until it's time to go see O at 7 o'clock. It is absolutely the most incredible show. <clears throat> And I won't go too long on it, but the stage is water. The stage is a water tank. And so people are diving off the platforms into this water. But underneath the, the water are raisable, raisable, 
adjustable raising and lowering platforms that go up and down. So like somebody to walk out on a platform that's in the water, you know, it's like sticking up out of the water like two inches. And then the platform will lower down and they'll like go down in the water. And then a little bit later, it'll raise up and bring ping people out of the water that have been holding their breath under there. And then you'll see these, the, the scariest stuff though is when like one guy will walk out on the water, you know, like with only an inch or two of water over the top of one of those platforms. And then he'll like dive off. And then another guy off of a platform will dive where he just was, where he was just standing. And they've lowered the platform into the water and you, you can't tell that they've done it yet. It looks like he's just going to go splat. <laughs> but now it's deep enough for him to dive. And it's really, really cleverly done. And at one point, they brought all the things up and they had like three guys in scuba gear going, like just swimming on the surface of the water, you know, wearing this, they were the safety divers. <laughs> it was like <laughs> kind of a, oops, we didn't mean to bring, the, bring that platform up, you know, wink, wink yeah. thing. So anyway, this one's called Totem. And I managed to find two seats on the second row stage center. Um, and if I can get my babysitter worked out, I'm going to take my wife there for our anniversary. <clears throat> so there you have it. So what was that? Uh, roughly two point six million dollars. No, I mean they're not cheap. They're not <laughs> not cheap at all. But um, it, the those seats, the premium, premium, premium seats, uh, are about one hundred and forty bucks per person. Which is a standing room only seat at uh, Cowboy Stadium. So uh, yeah, you know, exactly. it's a it's a, a watch. That's parking for one if you have a moped. Yeah, <laughs> in the in the back where you can get the cheap beers at twenty dollars a piece. Right. Yeah. I so I really like Cirque du Soleil. I've never seen them live, but I've seen. I think all of their productions on uh, like E, uh, the uh -huh. channel shows them often. And they're just, they're really clever and amazing people. And it's the old, uh, you know, five ring circus modernized. And I love it. It is. And I, I, I really waffled back and forth about taking Nathaniel. I think he would like it. Um, it's going to be a little long for him. Well, and if it has slow parts, I don't want him to get bored. And, but most of all, and I'm not being, I don't, I'm being honest by saying this. I don't, I want it to be something special for Cheryl. I don't want her to have to be mom, right? While she's doing it, and I and I can't be dad and be a hundred percent husband either. I can't show her the attention I'd like to show her if I'm worried about Nathaniel. I can take care of Nathaniel, but then I'm not on a date with her. Yeah. So I thought about third option is bring a babysitter because there's actually a family four pack. You can get four tickets for about two hundred and forty dollars if you want to. That's not bad. Uh, no. No, not a lot. It's $300. It's over there about $75 a piece if you do the four pack and you sit back a section. But anyway, enough about Cirque du Soleil. So it's going to be a busy November for you. Now I'll tell you about Ringling Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. The best seats were November 1st, Mark, but I figured I didn't want to commit myself to anything at yeah. 8 o'clock on November 1st. Might be a bad idea. Yeah. So uh, what about you, Sean? Anything new or interesting or noteworthy? Uh, well, I, uh, now that I think about it, I was about just about ready to say no, not really, but, uh, I took, uh, I took my kids to the Texas state fair the other day. Oh, that was my first fair, date Texas. with my wife. Was it really? That's yeah. a good first date. October 12th, 1991. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's that time of year, right? I'm sure across the country, uh, uh, it's the date this year. I feel so bad state and county fairs all over the place and uh yeah the texas state fair is great mark and uh well i, I guess aaron you you would know it too but uh this is the first year that i went up in the uh the big ferris wheel the texas star never right. been in it, it yeah and i, I like I'm, it 
I haven't, what, I've been in Texas now uh, almost 12 years, never been on that thing. And, uh, you know, they have a sign posted there, which I never knew, but it's the tallest ride in the Northern Hemisphere. Yes. Um, and it's pretty awesome when you get up there. Of course, if you're not from the area, you probably don't know this, but the State Fair essentially s- surrounds the Cotton Bowl. And when you're at the top of that Ferris wheel, you can almost look down into the well you can look down into the cotton bowl but almost down onto the field it's it's a pretty amazing view and of course you can see dallas right there just off in the distance too so um but yeah loved it you know i was sore for a couple of days afterwards uh with two little ones i was yeah, constantly carrying them a lot yeah carrying one of them and uh you know we probably walked 10 miles that day i imagine but um yeah, so that was fun and a very Texas thing to do when uh, it's this time of year. This Texas State Fair is massive, as you might expect, being Texas. We do everything uh, big. And it's uh, it uh, encompasses – there's uh, two uh, two museums on the fair park grounds that open their doors. They just become free for the entire run of the, the State Fair. And you've got the Cotton Bowl, which is – uh, it used to be where the Cowboys played a long time ago, I think, maybe when they were te- the Texans, actually. Um, and so it's this huge complex there in downtown Dallas. So you drive past all the, the drunkards and the bums, uh, and then parking is, is expensive and, and fairly difficult. So uh, there's this whole cottage industry that's popped up of people just letting people park in their front yards. So you'll just see a hand-painted sign that says, P-A-K-R here. Um, you know, seven bucks, and you just uh-huh. walk up, you park your car, you give somebody seven bucks, and you just hope for the best. I was always afraid, you know, if I did that, I'm gonna come back, and my stereo is gonna be ripped out, my my wheels are gonna be gone, and you know, and it was I all because I saved three bucks on parking. Right. Yeah, I I opted to. I'd go right over by gate one and uh, pay for the official state fair parking, which was. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was $15. It's not like parking uh, at a Cowboys game. Yeah, but, that's far yeah. worse. Yeah, exactly. You go to a Cowboys or a Texas Ranger game, I mean, what, you're paying 30 to $50 a car? 80 yeah. yeah, or yeah, or more, depending on where you're parking. So I, I didn't feel bad about that at all. And uh, Jim in the chat room, no, I didn't have the fried butter, but I did. I mean, we broke through the gate, and I made a beeline to the fried peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> about uh, the corn dogs. I, uh, no, I didn't do a corn dog. I know that, that's almost uh, blasphemy, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, though I could eat those fried peanut butter and jelly sandwiches just all day long, every day. I love those things. Never so I've never tried that either. Oh, like, so good, so good. I have a, a little story about the Cotton Bowl. Um, that's where I saw the 1987 Monsters of Rock tour. Yes. What was that? And, uh, Who was in that? It was huge. Uh, that was uh, the lineup that year started with lesser known band, um, little band called Fahrenheit, whose only tour I think was tour support for Boston that that season. Then next on the list was Tesla, or is my T-shirt I bought at McDonald's across the street, Telsa. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I had bought a T-shirt, like T-shirt five bucks on the back of this guy's car. Me and my friend both bought one and. We got into the stadium and realized that it said Telsa on it. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That makes it more valuable. It was. I wish I still had it. Tesla. Uh, then we. Then after that came a little band called Poison, kind of up and coming. Oh, yeah. And then uh, White Snake, which I was slept through most of White Snake because I was passed out. But that's a different part of the yeah, story. That's, and yeah. then uh, after that, we kind of. Then we took it up a notch. And from White Snake, we jumped right up to Aerosmith. 
nice. and ended the night with Boston. Wow. But the crazy part about this is I was 18 years old. I had just graduated from high school. I said, Mom, my friend uh, Rhett, who was a senior in high school, want to go to the Monsters of Rock in Dallas. I lived on the south side of Houston. She said, okay, uh, you're 18. You know, you're paying your own way. I, I can't really tell you you can't go. I said, thanks. And me and my friend Rhett, who had never even driven in Houston, hopped in his Honda Civic, <laughs> drove six <laughs> hours, <laughs> drove up to Dallas. We're like, this is back in the day. We're using a map, like a fold-out map. Right. You know, there's no GPS. We don't even know how to get to the Cotton Bowl. It's, I've got I've got the, the regular atlas that has the blow-up of the big cities. And on it, there's like a thing with a star that says Cotton Bowl that we're trying to find our way to. <laughs> and that's, get lost. We got see, down the interstate and got turned yeah. around, didn't know where we were. And then, uh, and then, so we're like, we're just going to find a hotel. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It. On so Texas we OU and, weekend, right? Well, well, they're, they're like, uh, 90 bucks, so like $90, you know, I'm thinking like 25 bucks, you know, I had right. no idea how much a hotel room cost. I never even had rented a hotel room. So we ended up spending the night in the parking lot in his Honda Civic with like 20,000 other people that spent the night in the parking lot of the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> Were they uh, in his Honda being, Civic too? No. Um, but they kept constantly offering us drugs and we didn't want drugs. We had beer. I had bought beer, Miller Genuine Draft, if you're curious. <laughs> so, the, I mean, we knew not, we were totally making this up as we went along. So the next morning we get up. It's, it's about nine o'clock in the morning and we've hardly slept. And then we realized you can't take your own beer into the stadium. Of course not. But we didn't know that. So what are we going to do? I know we'll go across the street. We'll get breakfast at McDonald's. We'll buy a shirt that says Telsa. We'll come back and we'll each drink a 12 pack of beer <laughs> at nine <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Because <laughs> we're a genius 18 year old kids. And so we did. And so we stumble into the stadium kind of hazily sit through uh, Fahrenheit and Tulsa and then uh, Poison I was kind of okay but then, and, but then about halfway through Poison I was like oh by then it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon in the summer in Texas in aluminum seats in the middle of an open air stadium so you imagine what that's like the sun is now on top of us um, What whatever alcohol I'd had in my system before as far as being any kind of inebriated is gone and I just I'm already in the hangover mode at that point <laughs> and the guy in front of me is like Dude, you're going to be sick. I was like, no, I'll be fine. Dude, you're going to be sick. Don't be sick right here on top of me. I'm like, I promise you, I'll be. Oh. <laughs> All in the seat next to him. Luckily, there was nobody sitting there. So yeah, I but he still up. had to smell it for the rest of oh, the day. It, it was just beer. That's all it was. <laughs> I jump up. I go running up the steps. I put my hand over my mouth <laughs> to try to make it to the bathroom. I throw up again. And there's so much beer in me still at this point that it literally shot out between my fingers like a fountain. <laughs> Of about three hours. So anyway, I came back from that and just plopped down in my seat and literally slept through White Snake. I think I'm the only person in the world who's probably ever slept through a White Snake concert. I kind of looked up a couple times, like, "Hey, look, it's, it's David Coverdale." <laughs> <laughs> I had recovered enough by Aerosmith though to be okay. And then the show ended at eleven o'clock that night. We got in his car and we drove seven hours back to my mom's house. Got home like at eight o'clock in the morning after we stopped at eight. And uh, mom said, how was it? And I said, it was an experience. <laughs> that was all I told her. And that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. It's a wonder I did minutes not die. of Aaron's binge drinking stories. <laughs> it was about four minutes. And I thought it was a great story. I like it. I yeah, like it. It was that. great stuff. Ties right in with Cotton Bowl. It does. Vaguely. Um, Rock on, Telsa. <laughs> So uh, last week, we commented on the fact that we had a Florida Lights show. This week, we begin and end 
with Florida. Um, and both are stupidity on display. Uh, this first one, unfortunately, is stupidity uh, in the form of law. Uh, well, not law, but statute, I guess you'd call it. Palm Beach, Florida, the uh, Florida State Board of Education. So all the, the, the governing body for all public schools across the state of Florida passed a plan that sets goals for students in math and reading based upon their race. Whoa. So by 2018... 90% of Asians, uh, Asian students, 88% of white students, 81% of Hispanics, and 74% of blacks should be reading at or above grade level. <laughs> for math, it's 92% for Asians, uh, 86 for whites, 80 for Hispanics, and 74 for blacks. So if you're black in Florida, you are expected to be below reading level. No, that's not what it says. That's what the statute says. No, no, that's not what it says at all. If you read the article yeah. and you're not a flaming liberal. Oh, sorry, Mark. I know you're not a flaming liberal. No, I'm a flaming conservative. What's the opposite of flaming? I'm an IC conservative. I don't know what you are, but uh, I don't know what you are, but you're four of them, I'm sure. Um, what, I have no problem with that. If, in fact, it is a percentage increase. Right. And it is. And we're, right now, those are, I think it was 25 or 30% above what they're all at now. So right now, Asians are smart and, and whites are second smart and Hispanics are a little average and black people are dumb. Um, that's, uh, that's what the State Board of, of Education uh, understands things to be right now. Uh, so they want them to be just a little less dumb and, and a little more smart. Uh, shouldn't the goal be a hundred percent? I mean, if you're setting a benchmark, isn't that benchmark a hundred percent? But if you just arbitrarily set the goal for everybody to be a hundred percent, why even set the goal? Well, that's the whole point of a goal, right? To be something that you strive for. Right. And right now they're striving for an increase in all of them. Yeah. I mean, if you, if, if, if they hadn't put the numbers out there and showed the, the, the drastic disparity between the Hispanic and black scores originally. And they just said the state of Florida has passed a statute that all of their kids will increase by 25%. Everybody would have been like, awesome. Yeah. So in the, uh, the, and if they'd done it and then they'd put the stats up, <laughs> people would have been like, that's still awesome. In last year's, uh, numbers, uh, 2011, 2012, of course, this year's mm -hmm. aren't, aren't out yet. Um, 69% of white students scored above grade level. Um, 38% for blacks and 53% for um, Hispanics. So all of these numbers are above where they are now. All of their goals are above. But I just think it's it's unwise. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's immoral or unconscionable. I just think it's unwise to, all, uh, to set different standards based on your race. I mean that that's sort of the whole point of that whole all men have created equal thing. We're we're supposed to uh, this country is supposed to believe that there isn't a disparity based on but, race. But but the question is are they really setting a goal based upon race? Are they setting the same goal which is for all the kids to be able to read but they're hoping that demographically those different demographics reach those levels. See, I yeah. I think there's another way to look at that though is uh that in my opinion, I would think they should be equal goals. And what they need to identify is there's areas that we need to work harder on. We need to 
you know, obviously be doing something to serve the black community to try to bring them up to where everybody else is. Some, you know, something along those lines. I mean, that's what we should be looking at is there's disparity there. We need to get everybody up to the same level. I think well, the better way to spend, a, I think the better way to spin this story would have said we're raising our expectations 25% across the board. We, our goal is yes. for 25% more of our students in every category, re, re, just not even break it down by race, just say for 25% more of our students in every category to to uh, be uh, higher, 25% more of them to pass. Yeah, this is a perfect example of really stupid people putting out a really stupid plan in an attempt to do something that really needs to be done. <laughs> I mean, the, the goal is admirable. They want their poorest performing demographics to get the most better. If you look at the amount of change they're asking, right? but the way they presented it was just stupid. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was just dumb. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> I mean, I can only go by what the article says. I haven't read the statute, uh, but the way they describe it is it is the goal. They're setting a goal of uh, 74% of blacks to be at reading level. Um, and what was it? Also 74% to be at math. Um, and I think if you're in the process of setting goals, that's not the way to do it. I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think it sends the right message to those kids. Right. Okay. So much for that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so we well, had a story here a while back, um, that you may remember about a, a man who broke into a house and the police caught him while he was taking a shower. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. He was there and I think he made himself a sandwich, right? There was like a hot dog in the microwave or something like that. No, it was a pot pie. I remember that was pot it. Pie. It was a chicken pot pie in the microwave and he was in the shower. Well, apparently that's a, a trend that's catching on. Uh, in New South Wales, Australia, um, a woman was awakened uh, and verbally threatened by a naked man who broke into to her, her apartment. Uh, early on um, the ninth. on the ninth Tuesday, um, the intruder smashed a window to gain entry to the apartment uh, in the Wollongong Wollongong suburb of Warrawong. Wow! Say that fast. <laughs> I I just tried to. Um, the 22 year old woman got out the front door and sought help from a neighbor. And the when the police got there, they found the man in the shower. The unnamed man, 55 years old, old, was taken to the police station. He was charged with aggravated breaking and entering with intent to commit a serious indictable shower. offense. That's an interesting <clears throat> statute. With, with intent to commit a shower. Right. So what I, What was the intent to commit an indictable offense? Is, is showering uh, an indictable offense? I, I don't know. I don't it's, know. Uh, but... but- Maybe he threatened her with something specific. So, <laughs> sorry. I, 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 are we bothering your nap time, Aaron? Yes, I, you actually are. I'd be asleep right now. Yeah, I would too. In three or four different states. <laughs> so the uh, that I, at least he's not a dirty criminal, right? He's a clean criminal. He he wanted you to dirty take a rotten scoundrel. Hey, who's dirty? Yeah, I was who's in the shower. Looking? Thank you. I washed behind my ears and everything. You know, my mom actually used to literally check behind my ears when I was a kid. 
I, I've mentioned it. I maybe not on this show, but I I have to. My middle child especially likes to lie about having brushed her teeth. I don't know why she hates brushing her teeth. So okay. every night it's, did you brush your teeth? Yes. Let me smell your breath. I'll go do it. It's every night. Yeah. Well, my son's one step further, Mark. Did you brush your teeth? Yes. Let me smell. <sighs> go brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> he bold face goes at it he all the way up to the point to actually it, breathing yeah. in your face. All right. And uh, I had never heard of this next uh, person before a couple of weeks. Never, never crossed my radar. Never heard of it. But Aaron introduced us to Honey Boo Boo. A, uh-huh. uh, what is she, five years old now? Uh, a portly young girl who uh, made it on TV for being precocious, essentially. Um, but uh, what happened was a, a store here in uh, in Georgia, where Honey Boo Boo is from, uh, she went in there on one of the episodes of the show to get a dress for her pet pig. What's the pig's name, Aaron? I don't know. It's glitters or something like that. Um, so in, the article. in Douglas, Georgia, uh, she went in there and, and they tried to give the pig a makeover and the pig wouldn't have anything to do with it. And so the, the store uh, now has a no pig policy. You know, who, who would imagine that? A no pig policy. Uh, <laughs> so they made a sign that uh, says Lucy Lou's boutique, no pigs allowed, honey boo boo child. And the T-shirt is selling by the tens of thousands. They are running out of them, and it's a it's a huge boon to this store because yeah. of their shirt based on Honey Boo Boo. I've actually never seen the original. It's like a uh, you know it's the it's the show moms you know the whatever it was. She originally was one of the one of the one of the kids on the show where they follow around the the kids who are trying to do the baby the child pageants. I can't think of the name of the show right now. And she was so popular, they spun her own show off, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, which I'd never heard about until uh, a morning radio show that I listened to talked about her. And now they talk about her two or three times a week. Um, some of her own phrases she comes up with, like, you got a red naked, red naked, can you say it? Red, red neck size, like recognized red neck size, and these other things. And uh, apparently she's pretty popular. I mean, she's, she's huge. So uh, last uh, last weekend, the the girl who's seven now, I said she was four, she's seven, um, appeared in the Douglas, Georgia store uh, with her mother, and over 700 people showed up to get uh, signatures and buy T-shirts. Over the po- past two weeks, they've hosted four events, each more successful than the last, with some going so far as to hail the young star as, quote, the redneck messiah. Wow. You got a red neck size. I can't even do it like they do it on the radio show. Never actually heard her say it. <laughs> now I don't know, honey. Yeah, tell, t- toddlers and tiaras. That's the show in the chat room. Thank it. you, Element Nine Eighty Six. And I'm frightened that you know that. Um, if you really want true rednecks, Aaron, and you've got to check this out. I think it's A and I'm not even sure what channel it is. Look up Duck Dynasty. Oh I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll oh see yeah. It. Yeah. Because your mom would really like him because of all the hair. Um, Doug Dynasty. That's rednecks right there. This most recent episode, the one of the guys got rid of his old truck, and instead of trading it in or selling it for parts, they put dynamite in it and blew it up. That's a redneck. 
<clears throat> and then then they went and had dinner. So it's like the the truck is in flames. Debris is still falling, and the matriarch of the family says, "Let's go eat." Anyway, so just in case you didn't get enough, honey boo boo, uh, now she is uh, endorsing presidents, and uh, on the uh, on Jimmy Kimmel's show, um, she enjoys endorsed Barack Obama. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently. Um, Mitt Romney was asked a stupid question, as politicians awful often are. If you had your choice between Honey Boo Boo and Snooky, who would you like to meet? And he chose Snooky. So in return, she retaliated by throwing her support to Barack Obama. Did you just say Barack Obama? Yes. Barack? Oh, that- That's what she said, Barack Obama. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. She also is a, a big um, supporter of the gay, lesbian, uh, uh, not want to say neighborhood. That's the right word, wrong word. <clears throat> community, community. Because she has a, a gay uncle. Her dad's brother is gay. Uncle Poodle, I think, is what they call him. <laughs> They've mentioned on the radio show before. <laughs> so okay, so Aaron, you've watched this show. I mean, is this is this like a scripted thing? I mean, is it kind of well, made up or the, you think I've never these- seen the toddlers and tiaras and I've seen about probably two minutes of one episode of here comes honey boo boo. It does not look scripted. <clears throat> Excuse me. I really think that they're just some funny people. Uh, you know, they're putting on a little bit They're you know, saying the redneck is, I can't even say it. Redneck and eyes. I think that's how she says it. Whatever it is. Um, they're putting on, I mean, they're putting on a show themselves, but it's not scripted. I don't think people are feeding the lines. I think that's just, they're just funny people. Now, just I because I can, six fingers. it's only 35 seconds long. Let's listen to this clip from the Jimmy Kimmel show. Do you know who Mitt Romney is? No. Do you know who Barack Obama is? The president? He's the president, yeah. They asked on, uh, on the Kelly and Michael show, they asked Mitt Romney if he preferred Snooky or Honey Boo Boo. And do you know what he said? He said he preferred Snooky. So now I have to ask you, who are you going to support for president? Mitt Romney or Barack Obama? Who said that? Mitt Romney said that. Barack Obama? So you're supporting Barack Obama. So there you go. Barack Obama has the Honey Boo Boo train behind him now. That's it. Poor Mitt. <laughs> That's it. Maybe, poor maybe Mitt. Mitt could get Snooky support now. I is how is this anything but child exploitation? Honestly, how is can it be called anything else? Somebody com- compared her to the modern day Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple, yeah, and that was child exploitation too, frankly. But at yeah. least she was acting. This this girl's not acting. Yeah, I can well, see this girl is going to fade into obscurity someday, but she's she's going to be that right, just nasty redneck girl who's now <laughs> going to be hell to live with because she's going to. I was pre- famous. How famous well, I, I, she was! You, you hear the story right now. I went into Cracker Barrel today. And you know who my waitress was? Who? Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> what is a Honey Boo Boo? Yeah, I can you see remember that. that show back from 1997? She had a terrible attitude. So uh, this next one, you know, you may have heard of uh, uh, the song Benny and the Jets. Well, how about Bruce oh, and the Jet? The in uh, in Oregon, uh, a man named Bruce Campbell, and this this uh, uh, t- article was sent to me 
uh, by a listener, by Pete, uh, PKU from the chat room. Um, actually, saw several of these where I just have stopped giving credit. I'm taking credit for all stories now. Um, but he uh, he sent this to me, and when I read it, I, I saw the headline, Bruce Campbell, and I thought the guy from um, the from the movie, yep. you know. Yep. Legion um, of Darkness and yeah. Sky High and millions of other shows. Yeah, those guys. I thought it was that Bruce Campbell. And then I read the article. I was kind of disappointed. It's like, oh, well, it's maybe not even as interesting now. It's just some guy named Bruce Campbell. Uh-huh. Um, but just to show you that, uh, as I've often said, engineers are are um, not quite on the same realm of reality as we are. Uh, an engineer by the name of Bruce Campbell uh, found uh, an old 727 aircraft. He hauled it out to the woods in Oregon, and and began making it his dream home. He he ripped the the seats out of the cabin and and turned it into a bedroom lounge. Uh, he cooks his meals in the cockpit slash kitchen. He rigged up a shower out of a plastic tub and a garden hose. Um, it looks like like some sort of weird steampunk NASA experiment. Um. <clears throat> But he claims to be very happy there, and he just lives in the 747. The scary part is the entire front of the plane looks like it's balanced on a pile of lumber. (laughs) Well, I've seen houses like that in Texas, trailer houses stacked up on wooden blocks. Yeah, but this is, you know, I would just think you would want to pivot. Yeah. And this, it it doesn't look like a house in in any real way. I mean, it looks like a plane with a couch in it. Um, And it looks... I mean, comfortable is not a word I would use to describe this. Um, it's like a tour bus. It's like living in a tour bus. Yeah. And but no, not. I mean, the tour buses are much nicer. Right. Um, well, it's, it's like living in a tour bus that your crazy uncle Eddie retrofitted <laughs> yeah. to a school bus. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, it's it's the uh, RV from uh, Christmas Vacation that uh, the cousin Eddie shows right. up in. It's but that. the cool part is, like like the article says, is that you can use the emergency exits to access the wings as great decks during the nice weather. Yeah, and he just sits out there and, uh, yeah, actually the the blocks of wood air, and I think those are uh, shipping pallets that it's sitting on. Maybe not. Maybe that would be too weak. But yeah, it's uh, it's propped up in. I guess leveled is the word you would use. I mean, yeah. it, I, I can't imagine it's terribly level, but it's not crooked, and so yeah, it's just a big. And and it looks old, like a probably a nineteen sixties model. Um, and he <clears> says that living there exhilarates him. Uh, after he got electricity, one of the first ta- tasks was to uh, get a working plumbing system. So he has, uh, I guess, a pump of some sort. And you know, but what what is this guy gonna say, right? Yeah. Is this, like the no. news crew gonna come and, and interview him and be like, so what do you? How, how do you feel living? Nah, I made a big mistake. Yeah. I hate I this. I live in yeah. a freaking plane. How do you think I feel about it? <laughs> they always ask that question, right? Somebody's doing something weird. They're like, so, you know, do you, do you like it or whatever? They, of course they say yes. You know, they're, they're never going to, yeah, this is the biggest mistake I made in my life. I really just want to go shoot myself. Yeah. And he's installed glass or, or Lexan or something like that in the floor so you can see down into the guts of the plane when you're standing or sitting there all the way across. Um, I, I gotta imagine, imagine, I gotta imagine, suddenly I, I became Texan again. I, I have to imagine it's a, a, a bear to heat and cool. Cause I mean, I'm, I've flown on planes, right? They're, they're not the best insulated things in the world. 
Um, and generally the air conditioning or the heater, whichever the case may be, has to work full time during your flight. So, uh, you know, I guess Oregon is a fairly temperate zone, but still, I think that would probably, it's like camping all the time. That's what it looks like to me. It's like he's constantly camping. That's just my take on it. It looked, I don't know. It's not for me, but oh well. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love those engineers. <laughs> Jim in the chat room says, look how many windows there are for AC units. You can just hang <laughs> one at every seat. That's awesome. <laughs> you have to get very small ones, though. Yeah. So uh, have any of you ever heard of the uh, type of coffee that is brewed from a certain type of rodents droppings. Yeah. You know what I'm I talking think, about? I don't remember if it was rodents or what it was. It's like yeah, a, it's a fox-like I, creature. Uh, now, what I saw was a, uh, oh, what is it? A sloth. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's called a, uh, uh, the Kopi Luwak. And apparently this thing eats the beans and digests them and then spits them out relatively whole. And so people go and, and scoop up Kopi Luwak crap and make coffee out of it. Well, not to be outdone, the um, Thai. Thai, there we go. The Thai people um, are using, you know, the resources they have at their disposal and uh, they're making coffee out of elephant dung. There's really no other way to say that. So they feed the, the elephants copious amounts of uh, Arabica beans ho- harvested from 15,000 feet up on the mountains in South America. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making that up. Um, and they uh, uh, feed it to the elephant, and then they sit around and wait a few days, and the elephant you know, does his uh, processing of the beans, and then they take them and sun-dry them, and then roast them and grind them and make coffee out of it. And they charge $500 a cup for this coffee. 50. 50 a cup. No, it's, it's better my way. It's $500 a cup. 500 per kilo. Yeah. So there, there's your 500. Yeah. yeah. Well, it says it references to 1100 a kilo and 500 a kilo. Maybe is that like a male female thing? Like a male. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. It's, it does say $50 a cup. Um, and it's at uh, at the at a resort there in Thailand, the Anan- Anantara Resorts. Uh, they say that their entire business is built on giving people uh, unique experiences they can't get any- anywhere else. And uh, ground up elephant crap is just another one on the list. Um, the The way they explain it is that uh, the elephant's digestive system or the kopi loak uh, in in whichever case there the elephant the the animal's digestive system breaks down the proteins in the coffee bean the proteins are responsible for what makes makes coffee bitter so when they break down the proteins they're not there to be bitter so you have a very smooth cup of coffee wow i want to know who the first guy was to be sorting through elephant dung and go hmm i wonder how right. this tastes I've done the. I, that's funny. I know. I've always thought that about it, about eggs. Oh look, that, that, that white thing just fell out of the rear end of a bird. Let's eat it. You know, I've always thought that was a strange idea. But uh, so uh, the confusion I, and y'all may have cleared it up. I was looking at it as y'all were talking about it. 
It's $1,100 a kilo for the elephant dung. The standard Kopi Luwak that was known Dang. before this is 500 a kilo. This far surpasses uh, uh, that okay. and ends up selling okay. for about $50 a cup. So you were all right. And again, this is one of those instances when people are arguing and agreeing and it confuses me. So I, I can't imagine, I'm trying to understand the economics of that because wouldn't there be uh, a greater supply of elephant dung as opposed to the, the Kopi Luwak animal? Maybe they don't like the beans. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Uh one environmentalist commented on the story at the bottom that it, maybe it'll save some elements, uh, elephants from being poached. So if this $50 a cup coffee keeps elephants from being poached, then she's all for it. I'm surprised that somebody hasn't made artificial Kopi Luwak. In other words, they said, you know what? This is the basic what happens to it. And, uh, uh, and nobody would we have can, to go sifting through crap to exactly. make it. We can do it synthetically. We can we can bleach it in hydrochloric acid for you know eight hours, and then we can turn it in a little thing, and then we can dry it out, and, and you know that kind of thing. I, I have to assume there's just not a whole lot of demand for it. I don't think this is this flavor is going to be showing up on on uh, uh, Starbucks anytime soon. <laughs> would you, right. I would like well, a a vente well, half calf. Um, elephant dung, uh, hold the foam. <laughs> uh, no, no, I can, I can see it. I can see it. You think yep, it's like roughage on the side or <laughs> the yuppies will, they'll, they'll line, you know, just after they got out of line for their new iPhone, they'll go right to the Starbucks and get their elephant dung coffee. Yeah. So the, the perfect name for it, I've given it the perfect name. It's poo brew. So you could open a restaurant or your coffee house and call it Poo Brew, and uh, you could serve both the Kopi Loak, Luak and the Elephant Dung, and you have to, you know people like options. So right. you know you could you could have the five fifty dollar a cup Elephant Dung, and then the relatively bargain priced uh, fifteen dollar a cup uh, Kopi Loak. Well, if you if you sold it all, you could have whatever your regular store name and your tagline could be like We Stew the Fool Poo Brew. <laughs> something like that and that would be you know it would, it would stick in people's heads i'm sorry say that again we stew the full poo brew oh gotcha <laughs> and so speaking of china um this next story comes from there uh and it's just uh, it's you really just kind of have to go look at the picture that's the whole thing um hang on a second hang on i'm gonna go i'm gonna look at it yeah you go look at the picture um I'm calling it. Uh, can you please hold very tightly uh, in a in a tourist resort in uh, um, Sanya, China, in the Henan Island province? Uh, there's a, a retaining wall uh, <laughs> next to a road that's keeping basically keeping the ocean off the road. It's a flood wall slash retaining wall, and they've built a payphone. Uh, but in order to maximize the profits of having a banner on the payphone instead of having the back of the phone face the ocean so that you can stand on the street and use the phone they have the phone facing the street the back of the phone facing the street so that you have to stand on this wall with your feet hanging off the ledge and they've actually installed a, a handlebar that you can hold on to to keep yourself from falling off the retaining wall while you make your phone call i think it's backwards it's got to be backwards <laughs> It's got to be, they just installed it backwards. Some idiot installed it backwards. 
but it's been there for a long time and and uh, people have complained to uh china telecom who owns it and uh they they're not changing it they're doing it not doing anything about it um that's, that's crazy of course what my first response when i read this was people still use telephone booths i didn't know those existed but apparently in china they do well when clay finally gets uh um you know jesus jam 2014 off the ground mark <laughs> you'll find out that at the uh amphitheater in the downtown in tyler texas they installed the entire lighting rack backwards <laughs> there's a big giant truss that goes over the stage you know so you have your front rack and your back rack and it's kind of at a 45 not a 45 but like a probably like a 60 degree angle the front's wider all the way across the front of the stage and it's supposed to go back to the back and then have a rack across the back of the stage they put the rack flipped around so the, the back part of the rack's out in the middle of the floor and there's nothing over the stage at all it's been it's entirely backwards and and like 60 foot off center and uh and well, i actually knew the, one of the guys that was they brought him in to design it because he's a lighting and sound engineer and he's like I told him how to do it. I drew a diagram. I told him it needs to be this wide here and this wide here and this high off the ground to get the right angles. And then I came out here and they put it up totally backwards. <laughs> and, and I, I never like, thought to say, hey, put the lights on the stage, not in the audience. Yeah. And, and, and I just, all I could think of was, like we talked about earlier, well, what if we changed the choreography <laughs> so the dwarves were out underneath the lights? <laughs> So in uh, uh, if you're making a phone call in uh, Sanya, China, you have to hold on to a handlebar. So it gives a whole new meaning to the phrase, please hold. Um, and just to make sure we didn't run out of Florida, I told you we were going to begin and end, but we also have some in the middle. This comes from a guy who we've got to get on the show. Will Green apparently specializes in finding odd Florida stories and writing about them, uh, which is perfect uh, oh, wow. for the T.C. Palm newspaper. And this one, uh, the story is mediocre, but his telling of it is hilarious. And Aaron, you actually contacted this fellow at one point. He said Will he'd Greenlee, like to be on right? the show, and, and I said, let me know, and he never never hit me back on it. Yeah, so you're going to have to follow up. You're going to have to chase him because this guy needs to be on the show. On the show. So I'm just going to read, not entirely from his article, that would be stealing, but I'm going to read some expert, ex, experts of it. Um, <laughs> it says, if a redneck steals your liquor, consider just letting it go. Because one thing could lead to another, and you may end up with a smash car and a traffic citation. Um, a 27-year-old man was walking with a teen girl. All right, there's That's trouble right there. The man said they were looking with a friend who was identified as, uh, looking for a friend who was identified as the victim. The pair said they came to Fort Pierce, Florida with four other friends to, quote, fish and hang out. The, uh, the man explained that uh, there was an issue between a redneck and the, and the victim at the Jetty Lounge. He said the redneck and the victim planned to swap liquor for beer, but the redneck swiped the liquor and fled. So <laughs> the 27-year-old man said the victim gave chase in his Chevrolet Cavalier, because it's important that we know what kind of car it was. Um, and then shortly after, they heard a, a, a crash, and they saw the Chevy smashed into a light pole. So if somebody offers to swap you liquor for beer, and they swipe your beer, 
Just let them go, or you might end up wrapping your car around a telephone pole. So the man who had his beer stolen now also has to pay $5,000 for a a new light pole and, quote, um, decline to prosecute for the liquor theft. There's no word on the redneck. That's a good that's a good show time. <laughs> so I, all I have to say about that, I mean these are exact quotes from the police report. So this is not some guy being clever and what no no. This is what the cop wrote in his report that the redneck um was the witness to a crime in which beer was going to be swiped uh, swapped for liquor. I mean, I, you can't make that up. No, you couldn't write that story. That's ridiculous. It takes reality to come up with something that's stupid. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to email Will right now. I'm going to follow up with him. Yeah. We need to call him live, like right now on the show. Say, hey, you need to be on the show no matter what. Because you are right now. We're on the show. Dear Will, what is your phone number? <laughs> is it Will Greenley? Is that right? Yes. Yes. At scripts.com. There it is. So while you're doing that, I'm calling this story, What a Clown! Um, This is in South Africa. Anybody know what a Renault is? A Renault? A Renault. Uh Spelled R-E-N-A-U-L-T. It's a French car company. And I think the largest car they make is roughly two and a half feet long. (laughs) Yeah, that would be accurate. I've never seen a big, a big yeah. Renault. Have you seen those smart cars driving around? You know, little two seater guys. They're actually too big to be a Renault. Um, so <laughs> that reminds me of a picture I took. Of yes, <laughs> we had some of those little cars in uh, Austin. Yeah, there's a know. picture of me with standing next to a Renault that just barely comes up to my armpit. <laughs> and it's like I should be picking up the car and putting it in my backpack instead of the car giving me a ride. <laughs> oh. So anyway, a nursery school teacher in South Africa um, was taking some children from her nursery school to, a, uh, to get a burger at, quote, the burger bar. So she piled them in her Renault. How many children? How many children do you think you could pack in a Renault without without giving away anything, guys? Give me some numbers. Chat room, what do you think? The How many people you think you could put? How many children? Preschool, so we're going to say three, four years old. Could you put inside a Renault? In uh, South Africa or in, Florida? In South Africa. <laughs> Jim in the chat room says 13. I would guess, I would guess five or six. Yeah. Um, I used to be a youth minister and I used to say about kids, they're stackable. You know, you, if you're going to taking 15 kids to, uh, the movies or something, you only need two cars because you can just stack them. See there's, and we have a mom in the chat room. <laughs> she shoots at 25. 25. She, she's, she's used to it. You know, just sit on top of each other. Who cares? So 19 children were packed into this car. Okay. Um, 10 of them were piled in the back seat. Six of them were in the trunk of the car. Three were on the front seat. So, hey, kids, we're out of room. Who wants to ride in the trunk? Oh, me, me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> so the toddlers, uh, the, the, the toddlers were, were packed in the car, and here's the best part of the story. It was her second trip. 
and yeah. there were a dozen more still at the rest. So this was, she was on she was going to make a three trip run of this. So she had taken thirty kids to the burger bar to have some <laughs> to have some lunch, um, and she was just stacking them like pancakes in the back of the car in the trunk, no less. Wow. And her fine was a hundred pounds, which in South Africa may be a billion dollars. I don't know. Yeah. That's like a year's worth of wages. Um, so maybe that's a, and the, the teacher says, uh, quote, it was the first time we went on an outing and it's the last I'll never do it again. I went, you think hey, maybe you should rent a van or here's an idea. Carpool. You know, I don't know what the rules are in South Africa, but in the U.S., you know, you got to have a kid in a car street seat and strapped down with proper restraints and and all that sort of stuff. You would get much more than a hundred dollar fine in the U.S. if you had nineteen cars, six of which were in the trunk. Uh, children, six yeah, of which you, were stuck you, in the you trunk. You would go to jail for that. Yeah, for yeah. a long time. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, nineteen nineteen counts of child endangerment, something like that, or or if not, just flat out child abuse or child neglect yeah. or something. So Jim says, "What happens if you stack six uh, stack kids with full tummies in that car?" So yeah, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. What if they all had gas? <laughs> it doesn't need in a car that size. Just one is plenty. You don't need all of them to. Yeah, all you need is one dirty diaper in that car. That would be not any fun at all. And if it's you know one of the, like the one of the ones on the top, who lets go in his diaper, it's dripping down onto the the eleven <laughs> underneath him. Uh, so that's just ill advised in every way. Uh, all right, so guys, I'm going to leave it to you. Should we do this next story or not? I'm t- totally happy with skipping it. Um, Let's see which one. It's, we can it's, skip that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to paste the link in the chat room. It's an exercise for the listener. And if you're not listening live, you just miss out. Um, yeah. And those of you that are listening live and are in the chat room, feel free to ignore it. Yeah. It's okay to click that link. Just don't click any of the links in the story. Well, actually, they're not links, but the website listed, don't go there. It's worse than the, the boobs with, with liquor being poured over them. What What was wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> nothing i only watched it 12 times i was doing research for the show oh yeah single greatest <laughs> internet moment i've had <laughs> so uh how is that whiskey by the way <laughs> very smooth very smooth <laughs> what was it uh colombian cigars were allegedly rolled on the thighs of virgins right what is it with men using women as their cooking platforms i don't or not even cooking i don't know anyway just seems a little weird to me so chicken little was known for saying the sky is falling correct but what do you do if it's a chicken that's falling Uh, cassie bernard uh of Somewhere in the UK, I can't remember where it was. Somebody will find it and tell me. Um, was enjoying a horse riding lesson when a raw, dead chicken fell out of the sky and hit her on the head. <laughs> I, 
Wow. Just out of the blue. It's a clear, cloudless day. Maybe there- it was flying high. It died, and the wind shear <laughs> yeah. plucked all the flat feathers as it fell. As I'm reading the story, the only thing I can think of is it could grip it by the husk. You know, uh, but African swallows are non-migratory. It, it just seems like a total Monty Python moment. Right. Uh, Cassie Bernard was enjoying riding a, uh, a horse riding lesson with his instructor. Cassie's a he? Wow, okay. On a clear, cloudless day, when a number of poultry pieces rained down around them, with one striking him clean on the bonce, which is a UK slang for head. I had to look that up. Three objects fell out of the sky in front of us, two larger and one quite small, explained the instructor, Jennifer Cording, with nobody any clear as to how the incident happened. Officials from a nearby Tyson Foods processing plant denied that the chicken emanated from there. We didn't have any chickens blow up. Uh, no. Along the line. We can't have pieces of chicken falling out of the sky. <laughs> Clearly. I don't think anybody disagrees with that statement. I called a meeting of the guys. I told them. I told them straight up. We can't have pieces of chicken falling out of the sky. That just won't work around here. <laughs> guys, we've got we've to work on this. I've told you many times, chickens can't fly. Stop trying it. Ask Les Nessman. <laughs> Those were turkeys. 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 <laughs> yeah. Love that show. Um, so an avian expert, Brian D. Watts, suggested that a high-flying gull was carrying the chicken in his mouth. By the husk. <laughs> could grip it by the husk um, where he dropped it and he was too far up to be seen. What you got to go out and find an avian expert to come up with some contrived explanation for why a raw chicken fell on somebody. That's hilarious. You know, there's been stranger things that have fallen out of the sky before. And so Tyson Foods, I can just see that phone call. You know, you, your lines working, whatever. Uh, phone rings, Tyson Foods. This is Jim speaking. Um, one of your chickens just fell on my head. Oh, I'm sorry, are you, are you reporting a work accident? No, I was about three miles away out riding a horse, and a chicken fell on my head. And when, it, when it first said it came from a nearby factory, I, I had some sudden, some wily coyote moment in my mind where a guy had put one on a shovel, and another guy dropped a big heavy weight on one <laughs> end of the shovel, and it, <laughs> it catapulted across two counties or something. Actually, my thought when I read it is like, was this right around break time where the guys playing, the guys are playing, playing with some sort of chicken cannon? Smithbusters. Right? Yeah. So they were, they were working on a chicken cannon and they went, it misfired and launched three miles and landed on somebody's head. Apparently nobody was hurt. The chicken, however, didn't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for filling the filling the void. <laughs> We're just here to back you up, Mark. All and, the way. And in another story from our friend Mr. Will Greenley, it's it's almost it's almost all enough just to read the art the the headline and leave it at that. Uh, article t- headline: Cheese, comma laxatives bring bad times in Paul, Palm City. Now. My first thought, okay, both of those food products are known to have certain um, effects on the digestive system, which counteract one another. So I imagined uh, a blockage of cheese being 
forcibly removed by the application of laxatives. That's where my mind went, just so you know. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this article. I'm, I'm halfway through it and don't even know what it's about yet. <laughs> I was the same way. I was reading through this article going, huh? What, wait, are we getting to something here? <laughs> uh, so Karen Bartlett walked into a Publix grocery store in the 2700 block of Southwest Martin Downs Boulevard. Um, somewhere in Florida. Um, and well, while she was there, she decided she would steal a few things. And among the things she decided to steal were cheese and laxatives, she, which she took to the beauty aisle, because naturally nobody's looking for cheese in the beauty aisle, and stuffed them in her purse. <laughs> Wait, it, it, this 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 article uh, made a point that it was it was ladies' laxatives. It, yeah, is there a difference? Oh, well, well they're uh, more gentle. Yeah, are they are like it, like it, they make a, your poop not stink? Are they wisteria scented or something? How about yeah, Georgia mom in the chat room? Can you answer that for us? I mean, is there something special <laughs> about female laxatives? I mean, it is working on the same body part right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, i understand there are some atomical anatomical differences but i don't think that particular part of the area is where we tend to center our focus there right. uh, the the log was was uh, uh the sheriff's record said that there was belgio slice log <laughs> cheese how you can slice a log i'm not really sure and what belgio is i don't know well i um, love our our great investigator fan will here who says uh a google search for belgiojo belgiojo slice log turned up no results but a google search did reveal that rolling stones guitarist keith richard just says to have a cheese aversion <laughs> just fyi he needs to be on this show just for your fyi the women's I, laxative I, in question were described as Publix brand and were valued at 3.99 and uh half that of the cheese. So the cheese log just, was eight dollars. Just as a side note, yeah. That's an eight dollar log of cheese. <laughs> the loss prevention official at Publix uh said it was a second defense for Barlett. So she's tried to steal laxatives and cheese before. Well, I have to say that I'm impressed with her thoroughness and balance. <laughs> that she <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's quite a bit if of You're gonna buy right? an entire I'll log of cheese, cheese. Even if it's a slice log, you need a little laxative to go with that's it. That's right. It, it, so she was planning ahead. She was hungry for the cheese and that she knew that the, the laxative would come in handy afterward. They, they caught her before she got to the anti-diarrhea pills. So uh, <laughs> then she would have been, uh, yeah, she'd have been all set. The green grass grew all around, all around in the green grass. Grew My question around. is where would she have put the tortilla chips? Because <laughs> her purse was already full of cheese and laxatives. So where would the tortilla chips have gone? So there's a show title. Her purse was already full of cheese and laxatives. Yes. <laughs> uh, just want to give a quick shout out for the few that are listening live and uh, those that may hear this on Saturday when it first comes out. If you're hearing this on Saturday or Sunday of the week that it came out, uh, my friend and Mark's friend, Sonia Baker, is doing the Susan G. Komen three day where they walk 20 miles a day for three days to raise money for breast cancer uh, research. I just wanted to say, uh, thinking about you, Sonia, and uh, don't forget to uh, 
tie your shoes. Sucks. So is that 6.3 miles a day or 20 miles three times? I missed it. That is 20 miles for three days each day. It says 60 miles in total. Wow. She's going to walk 20 miles a day for three days or one trip to Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that that wraps it up. That was our last Florida story. Cheese, laxatives, Florida. What more do you need? Um, Now that's the show title. I think it's the first time we've worked cheese laxatives in Florida in the same story. So that that was pretty good. Well, you know, I've been looking. I've been scouring the internet for a story that combines cheese laxatives and Florida. Really all we needed was some bacon and and we'd have had the uh the quadfecta. I don't, I don't know. It's the time for me to stop talking. Now that's an interesting one. <laughs> well, it's the trifecta, but it was four of them. So it was couldn't be a trifecta plus one so if three is a hat trick is four a, a pants trick I don't, I don't know how does that work not sure <laughs> i mean what's what's the next incremental up from a hat a, a toupee four is a toupee trick sure not sure <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just stream of consciousness thinking right there. So that's it. That's our, those are our stories and we're sticking to them. Um, guys, would you like to tell people how they could find you online if they were so inclined to do so? How about you, Aaron? Uh, you can just meander, saunter, sashay, or otherwise stroll on over to one meal, one workout.com. I don't know why than that, but I suddenly want to always do a fifties movie accent. Like a, we got to get the news together, the guys, we got to get the news. We got to make the news and get it in there. Cause if we don't, people aren't going to know what's going on. That's Aaron double A R O N at one meal, one workout.com. I don't know what's happening to me. It's like I'm channeling some guy from the fifties that died back then. And he's trying to come back and say something cause his body's buried in a cement pond. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> that was sort of like a bad, <laughs> 20s flapper girl mixed I, know, with, I don't know what it is it yeah, just happened it, it was uh, that's like hard to critique a piece of chicken it fell out of the sky i'm telling you i wasn't even looking for it <laughs> i mean right in the bunts all right sean can you follow that uh, yeah since we're doing stream of conscious thinking uh, uh i'm just looking at aaron and, and wondering how does iron man go to the bathroom uh <laughs> well they answered that in the second movie there's a filter Chewy. in the suit there's a um, okay. He actually pees in the suit, and then he can actually drink it. Nice, yeah. nice. That's what Space okay. Marines do too in 40k. But. Or he could use a shiwi. Either one. Yeah, he's got one of those built in. Yeah, yeah. He's built got in. a little he's mechanical. Aim it outside of your trousers. Yeah. <laughs> that way he can pee over a boat. <laughs> I can pee over a boat. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, yes, you can reach me uh, the normal ways. Uh, find me on Twitter at Sean TX. Uh, look me up on Facebook or find me at elementop.com. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, or email me too uh, if you want to get any information to me, Sean at elementop.com. And in case you were wondering, we do our video via a Google Plus Hangout. I, I know the branding is subtle there. I just uh, wanted to mention that because you know, if you're watching the video, you'll understand that. If you're not, tune in next week at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I'm attempting to keep my beard larger than the Google Plus branding. <laughs> <laughs> That's, my head is only barely bigger than the Google Plus branding. Uh, someone and, today called me gray-haired, and I said, I'm not gray-haired. I'm salt and pepper 
heavy on the salt. <laughs> I'm sorry. You need somebody to pass you the pepper, my friend. It's thinning just a little bit there, too. All right. This That's is going okay. downhill from uh, we were already in the valley. Uh, so <gasps> We're digging a hole at the bottom I'm, of the hill. <laughs> so I'm going to say uh, you can find me at elementop.com. And, hey, do us a favor. Go out and tell 15 of your your closest people around you um, about this show. Actually, go to their houses and download this on their computers forcibly without their permission and set it to play on a loop. No, d- don't do that. Um, but we do appreciate it. We would appreciate it if you would share the word. If, you, if, you're, if you're a Facebooker, put a link on Facebook. If you're a Twitterer, put a link on Twitter. If you're a That's Google, Twitterati. if you're We're a Twitterati. Google Plusser, nobody reads that anyway. Um, and uh, you know, you could just uh, just share us. Just let it be known. Put it out there. Go spam every forum you can find with links back to this show. If you're a sandwich board wearer, <laughs> write it on the front and the back. The end is near. Elementopi.com/live. <laughs> So, uh, also, uh, hop over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. That would be appreciated. Those oh, are... those are, helps. Yes. Those are my commandments unto you, O flock of the Church of Opie. <laughs> <laughs> the Church of Opie. There's, there's the flock out of here. <laughs> All right, everybody. Before we descend into further heresy... I'm going to say thanks for listening. Sean and Aaron, thanks for being with me, with us. And uh, that ends this episode of The Periodic Table.